Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome to another edition of Monday Morning uh, Coffee, uh, Inside the Firm co- Podcast. I'm Alex Score, and I'm here with Jamie Roll, Rowe, right? Correct? Yes, Rowe. <laughs> of Cultivate Advisors. Yes. Jamie, say hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We know each other. We're in a business group. Mm-hmm. We met each other through Devin Tilly that uh, does Art of Construction Podcast, um, and we've had, I think, just one, one meeting, and, and we hit it off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think Devin just brings people together. He's got that magic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, first, let's back up. Okay. Tell us how you got basically from college to where you are today. Oh, wow. How much time do we have? I'll just try and make it short. Right? There you it's go. Interesting. College to today. Wow. Originally, you know, I was a pre-med biology major and I wanted to be a doctor. So I would go into emergency rooms and do volunteer work and pass out every time I saw blood. So nice. kind of switched the major there. So I was a computer science business major okay. at University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. Uh, I worked for Arthur Anderson for a period of time. So I supported the audit team and tremendous amount of learning. Traveled Monday through Friday. It was kind of grueling, but it was amazing work, amazing people. And from there, holy cow, I think my, I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug. And between that time and now, I've had five different businesses. So four businesses I've started, one uh, bought and sold, and I was a serial entrepreneur. And absolutely love business, like in any, every way, shape and form. And I love working with entrepreneurs. So it came to a point where my last business, I felt like it was time to move. I felt sometimes we have in life where we feel like we're ready for a shift. Mm -hmm. And it's very apparent things start to just fall into place in other things in our lives. And what fell into place was to give back to the entrepreneurship uh, community. So someone had mentioned to me, you should talk to this guy named Patrick. Uh, He's an advisor for small businesses. Did you call him Pat? That's an inside joke. (laughs) So I didn't, but I really wanted to call him Pat. (laughs) We were talking earlier about, you know, long names because you're Al or Alex, but not Alexander. Everyone that's listening, you can refer to me as Alexander. (laughs) We're going to use the long one. Uh, So I call him Patrick, even to this day. I've actually never called him Pat, but I wanted to. Anyway, and so, um, you know, talk to this guy. He uh, works with small businesses. So I spoke with him, and it sounded like a really interesting, fast-moving company out of Chicago. And they're all past entrepreneurs, so they're all crazy uh, in a good way, right? Because we're all, like, a little bit off-kilter in a good way, entrepreneurs. um, And you have to have at least 10 years of experience. So I was like, I don't know. I haven't worked for someone a long time. Let's check it out. And um, I started down that journey and started working with small businesses, and it is awesome. Like, I get the opportunity to look at companies from property managers, interior designers, um, marketing firms, 
custom furniture designers. I mean, just such a wide array of different companies um, that I've just learned so much and had so many moments with my clients too that it's just very rewarding. Awesome. Let's go back and let's explore some of the businesses that you've started. Okay. What was the transition and uh, maybe at least two of the businesses that you were in that as an entrepreneur? The transition of starting one and then the transition of deciding to end that and go to a new one. Hmm. I think that would be a good example. So, for example, one company I had, one company was a pizza box. Pizza. Printing company. Sorry, I was going to get it box. all out. Pizza box printing company. Yep. <laughs> so we used to print pizza boxes from, uh, you think of pizza restaurants here in Longmont. Yep. We would deliver all the way up to Fort Collins, all the way down to Colorado Springs, and some in the mountains. How do you get in, into that? Just random, random, right. So I was in manufacturing for a period of time mm -hmm. between Anderson and what I was talking about, the five businesses um, yeah. that I've worked with. So um, I was in manufacturing for a short period of time. We did a lot of manufacturing for Lowe's and Home Depot, signs, letters, and numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and my father-in-law owned a large distribution company. And so that kind of paired together in that. So I had manufacturing background. So when we were, we were leaving Illinois, moving here to Denver, and we were just looking for companies to buy, and this company came up, and it was the right fit. It had printing presses we knew. It was just a good set, uh, set up. And so we <laughs> randomly got into that. And that was a whirlwind. Would not do that again. Yep. A lot of learning moments <laughs> of printing presses, employees, and trucks breaking down, people stealing gas out of the truck. This was in wow. gas was $4 a gallon. Yep. So having tons of issues with that, but what a great experience. So we left that, we had a big competitor come in town and purchase us. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that was a transition with that one. That was such a great experience. Um, so then now you're deciding at that point in time, mm -hmm. how are you deciding where to go from there? What comes along, well, what makes that decision? I think one big decision had to do with my values. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes to a head, a lot of times we're making decisions. So I had a family with small, two small kids um, and I wanted to be home for them, mm -hmm. but I also wanted to obviously bring in money and do something that I enjoyed. So I absolutely love animals. And so I decided, you know what, a great opportunity would be to, and I love photography, so I became a pet photographer. And the oh. story is, is that my husband knew I was looking for a job, yeah. and he came home and I said, I've got it. I figured out what I want to do. Yeah. And he's like, great, what is it? And I'm like, I'm going to be a pet photographer. Did he laugh? And he's <laughs> like, what else you got? <laughs> give, me, give me options, give options. Give me options here, wow. So I did that. I eventually had photographers working underneath me. I made an op a chance to expand in Chicago. I had four photographers under there, and then it just kind of like fell apart. Yep. But another great learning experience. Like when I work with entrepreneurs, I'm like, yeah, I've done that. That's a super bad idea. Don't do that one. Um, but this one, try this one. I've tried this one out. Mm -hmm. um, so I have all these great experiences that I can share with them for things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So right now... Your business is helping small businesses, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, what are, there's a couple ways to ask this. What are some opportunity, what are some common mistakes that you see are holding back companies? Is it all individual or do you see any sort of theme like, I see a pattern here? Yeah. I do see a pattern with entrepreneurs. 
And I think a lot of it comes down to personalities. A lot of times we work on things in our business that we're good at. Like for example, what's one thing that you know you're just solid on at the business? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, Flipping. I can design, I can design a pretty building. Okay, you can design a pretty building. Yeah. What's something that you're not so great on? Ooh, um, <laughs> n- uh, nitpicky things that, that barely matter, and I understand that it's in my opinion. Okay, so nitpicky things that, in your opinion, don't really matter. But yes. to someone else, they could really matter. They could. Right. I don't see it that way. <laughs> right. So in your mind, when you wake up on Monday morning, what do you want to work on? Oh, but to be honest, mm-hmm. I, the answer is, is the, the pretty buildings. Yes. But what I also want to work on is there's a task list. And right. I want to get after my task list also. Right. But if my task list was filled with pretty buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Even better, right? Even better. Exactly. So what we tend to do, and just like this, we tend to go after what um, comes easily, even though there's discipline, like you, you're disciplined. No, I have a to-do list that I need to do. So yep. I do need to focus on that too. But man, if I could have my choice, whew, I'd be working on those pretty buildings. Yep. So that's what happens a lot with entrepreneurs. Someone who's really great at sales, they go out and kill it with sales. But when it comes to production, maybe they're not so great on that side of it. So sometimes when we're in meetings, they'll say, um, you know what, I know we're supposed to go over the production schedule and do cash flow projections, the operations things, but um, I have this problem in sales and I want to talk about it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. So there's two things happening here. One is we have uh, a cat in a tree that the cat could probably get down by itself. That's our sales problem. We have a burning building across the street that we don't have cash projections for 2020 yet. Let's talk about these two options. The cat's gonna be fine. We're gonna talk about this burning building over here. We need to get your cash projections all squared away because I don't care how much you do in sales. If we don't have things squared away back home to get the actual work done, then there's what's the purpose of it. Right. So that happens a lot with entrepreneurs is that they will focus on what they're really good at and they're not focusing on what they really need to focus on. So sometimes in meetings, they're like, all right, Jamie, I know we have to work on these job descriptions. I really don't want to, but I know you're going to tell me I have to work on them. And I'm like, I love you, John. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what we're going to work on today. Right. So I am changing the focus from an outside perspective, fresh eyes to focus on the burning building and just letting the cat, the cat will be fine. We'll get them tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> don't worry about cats is the moral of this story. <laughs> yes. Don't worry about, I mean, cats are great yeah. to cat lovers out there. <laughs> a, a, a coincidence. I came in this morning at, I don't know, it was five 30 or something like that. And then I heard this meowing and I'm upstairs. Like, why, why do I hear a cat going, you know, meowing? And there's a cat right outside the balcony because we have rooftop decks that came over and was meowing. And so I let him in because it was cold, <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, there's dogs up there, so it can probably smell the dogs. Um, and then it would co- go back out. It only come back in. And when I'd go to shut the door, it'd run back out. And then finally I go, oh, it's a cat. I don't care if he, if he's stuck outside, he's fine. And then email the tenants. And one of them was like, yeah, that's mine. I'll, I'll get him. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. So like so in reality, also, the cat is fine. Yeah, really. In reality, cats are fine. They're pretty yeah. resilient. So going from the common mistakes, what do you think is, is there a common characteristic of a successful entrepreneur? Um, and it, or at least a theme mm. that you see. And it doesn't have to be uniform, but mm-hmm. something that's persistent. What I've seen common in successful entrepreneurs is persistence. Even 
when it's boring and no one wants to do it. It's like, for example, the people that the great uh, athletes, if you look and do the research, I was just listening on the way here, actually a great book called Atomic Habits. Um, Steve Martin, the story of him is that he spent, I mean, he did, worked in Disney in a store when he was a kid. This was before labor laws and that. So this yeah. is like when he was a you know, smaller kid. And he would do magic tricks and learn from people how to do magic tricks in there. And he started building his comedy routine where he would stand up for two minutes, then five minutes, then 10 minutes. So like thousands of times for 10 years, he said it was practice. And then uh, four years of refining it and four years of wild success. So um, I think that the people who do well, do well because they go to the gym when they don't want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. They go to work when they don't want to. They do their to-do list on Monday morning when they really want to make pretty shiny buildings. There we go. Right? Um, <laughs> I agree with that 100%. Um, but I'm going to do a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a hard follow-up question because I've heard it a lot before. I've never heard uh, a good answer. And maybe because maybe it's a bad question, but um, it gets asked a lot. So 100% I agree that persistence is probably the biggest characteristic but how do you tell someone, okay, you're persisting in chasing that cat. You're persisting in making um, pizza boxes. I don't mean that as dig, but yeah. you're persistent. Oh, no, sorry. Photography for dogs, you know. Right, right. Okay. Whatever. You're, you're persistent in doing something that isn't going to lead you to success. Mm-hmm. How, how do you tell someone it's great that you have that persistence, but you're going in the wrong way? Because... Sometimes there'll be other stories where it's comedian or whether it's an artist and maybe those are the creative ones where they told me not to do it and I did it anyways or, you know, my, you know, they're saying it wouldn't work out and then I did it anyways. So it's, it's that line between listening to someone telling you to go another way or being persistent and that persistence in, is maybe in hunting cats when cats are going to be fine. So how do you kind of tackle that hmm. question? So I see that all the time. I see entrepreneurs doing things that they shouldn't be doing. They're not using their gifts. So no matter how persistent you are, if you have not chosen the right path, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to choose the right path that fits your gifts. So like for you, if I asked you, if you could, I don't just hang with me on this one. Yep. So nitty bitty, nitty gritty, like detail stuff you don't really care for is what you're saying. Right. So if I asked you to run spreadsheets all the time, 12 hours a day, you're at some point be like, what? This is terrible. I'm not enjoying this at right. all. Right. So if you had an entrepreneur, well, if you just keep persistent in it, no, what's going to happen is they're going to burn out. And I've seen that many times with entrepreneurs. They just completely burn out. So I guess my thought is choose the right path and know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like know in your core that I am Alexander. <laughs> Thank oh, you for sorry. that. <laughs> Swish. Um, that I'm Alexander. I don't like details. So the path I choose cannot include details. I'm going to hire that out. Yep. Okay. So if you choose that right path and then are persistent, you're more likely to be successful. I don't know what percentage, but if you choose a path of details, you're not going to be successful. Right. So I guess it's kind of like a decision tree. Yes. Mapping out on the table with my hands. So that makes perfect sense on a, on a personal level. Uh-huh. Do you have a way to analyze the paths on a business plan level? Sure. What does that kind of look like? What kind of... To see if a business is going to be successful or not? 
Right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can do research on what's the market share, um, the difficulty in penetrating that type of market, barriers to entry. I mean, this is what people, I mean, you can analyze and review and take a look and see if, if it's a good avenue to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it can be a little bit of hope. I mean, look at all these startups that are completely not profitable. Um, it depends on what your objectives are. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of companies are not profitable. Uh, Uber, <laughs> we work, <laughs> you yeah. know, right? But their objectives, top line revenue, get purchased, acquisition. Yep. But if you want to make a profitable company, there's a way to look at that. Like, what's the average profit margin in it? What's the average expenses? Um, what has happened historically with other businesses in that place? And to see if they are successful or not. So I think there's a way to look at business-wise for sure and yep. analyze that. Absolutely. Great. Um, let's go off the beaten path. You said, do, do any stories come to mind of you working with clients, a success story um, or even a failure disaster story? Maybe they didn't take advice and, and went down the wrong way, but it, <laughs> let's it, not do those. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Okay. So success story. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any success stories uh, that you have that you think could, could help people out? Hmm. So a lot of times when I work with a wide range of entrepreneurs, you know, anywhere from like 500,000 to like 10 million. Okay. And they could be a hustler. Hustler is one person all the way up to, you know, a large organization of people. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, sometimes the most, the best responses and fastest responses to what I'm doing with someone is usually with a hustler because it's that day they can change it and make Mm -hmm. a difference. So, um, I had a particular client that did not use block scheduling. Are you familiar with block scheduling? Like blocking your email? Uh, blocking on your calendar. So like, a, like right now I have a section on my calendar where I can't uh, put any meetings over it or anything and I'm blocking this out. Oh, okay. And maybe sending you an invite so you know that that time is our time together. Um, no, nope. no, no, no. I, I get what you're <laughs> saying. But so you're making negative space essentially. You're making a space on your calendar for what you're doing during that time. Just a uh, Google yeah. calendar. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I was working with a client who did not use that. And so the day came and it was just a matter of putting out fires and whatever happened, happened. So it was a very reactive day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and we were working on productivity so that, um, th- he could go out and do sales. So we spent some time working on productivity. So that's going into your calendar. What do you want to accomplish? Then putting it on your calendar, block scheduling, talking about leveraging time, like just some time management skills that we all know it. We just don't do it. Right. Kind of like thinking about the quadrants. Are you familiar with the four quadrants of time? Uh, I've heard it a while ago, but okay. remind us. Okay. Remind the audience. What <laughs> you please. You, no. Alexander, Al, Alex, <laughs> uh, but the audience. So, um, things that are urgent, uh, right. and important, remember, yes, yeah. Q1, um, those are fires. Like you're in front of me right now. This is urgent and important what we're doing. Yep. Uh, number two is not urgent, but important budgeting, planning, doing important stuff for the business. Yep. Then there's urgent, but not important, which would be if someone comes and sits in your office and you're in the middle of doing something and they're like, Oh, I had the worst day. Let me tell you all about it. And you're like, Oh God. Okay. This is urgent. Cause there's a human in front of me, but it's really not important. I mean, not to say relationships aren't important, but you get what I'm saying. Yes. Absolutely. And then there's not urgent, not important. Yep. That's like scrolling through Facebook. Yes. Super not important. So those are, I call those, those are the, the fourth quadrant. 
Um, so we basically, I line up what their tasks are in each of the quadrants, and then we schedule on the calendar based on that. Mm-hmm. So like the sales meeting, <laughs> yeah, sales meeting, prospecting time. Yeah. When are you doing your prospecting time? Well, I really don't like to do it. Okay, let's find when is your energy. And he's like, what do you mean energy? And I was like, well, when do you feel most energized? Some people are morning people. Are you a morning person? Yes. I'm just guessing. Okay. Uh, And then there's evening people, night owls. And he said, I'm a morning person. They're called crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the crazy people. So uh, we just put all of his prospecting in the morning and not Monday morning. Don't do prospecting on Monday morning. Hey, tip to all entrepreneurs out there. The best time to get a hold of someone on LinkedIn, Friday afternoon. Because they're just... Because people are just scrolling and just doing nothing. They're just killing time. So it's called a low... Economies oh. of scale time? No, that's not it. Low economy opportunity. Do you yes. think that that's a good time also to, to reach out to people on Twitter, to reach out to like any social media? If, if you're trying to get a hold of someone, that's probably the time that they're sitting there actually looking at it. So um, to be uh, factual, I don't know for other platforms except for LinkedIn. Okay. I want to say yes to that, but I don't have data to back that up. So I'm going to say I don't know, question okay. mark. But LinkedIn, I have found Friday afternoon, Friday morning to Friday afternoon is where I usually schedule most of my sales calls because I'm reaching out to people on LinkedIn saying, hey, do you want a phone call? And that's when they respond back. Yeah. Great time. Anyway, and we're back. So uh, I basically mapped out with him his whole calendar and then all of his tasks. And I remember him being like, I have never done this before. I've never, you know, right? Yep. So the next time I saw him in two weeks, I'm like, how was your last week? The week we planned out together yeah. with all the colors on the calendar and the blocks and everything you're going to do. And he's like, it was the most productive week I've ever had. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now, with the caveat with this, uh, anytime you're working on productivity or calendar blocking, things like that, it's kind of like getting up and riding your bike. What happens when you first start to ride your bike? Uh, you, it takes a while. You're wobbly. You crash once or twice. Right. So two weeks after that, I talked to him and he's like, yeah, I'm not using that anymore. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Time out. That's okay though. It's all about baby steps. Yep. The baby step to put it on there. Now he's back on it. So as entrepreneurs, we're trying different habits and that. So just keep that in mind that we're going to fall off our bike because we're learning a new skill and that's okay. Is it baby steps? Um, to implement that too. Meaning when you work with clients, let's say sales, he never had time for sales and let's say bookkeeping, never had time for that. But there's more than just sales and bookkeeping. You have to actually do the work. You have to respond to fires, blah, blah, blah. Do you think, is it more palatable if you only say, we're going to schedule at least those two? Yes. Rather than fill up the whole, because I could see some people that are ambitious are like, I'm going to plan my whole week. And mm-hmm. I remember for my thesis, I planned my whole thesis. It took me like three weeks to plan out everything that I was going to do. It was all formulated. It looked awesome. And then like two months into it, I was like, that's not even close to what's happening. <laughs> so over plan, I see right? a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So what is the, um, it's better to plan. Wait, if you don't plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yes. That's it. it. Okay, sorry. There's a couple around there, but that's at least one of them. So who is it? Eisenhower is like create a plan, but be flexible when it actually happens. Yep. So that's something too is, um, yes, I agree. It depends on who I'm working with. So sometimes I work with very high drivers um, and they are happy to move along very fast. They'll get bored if we don't 